Title of our lesson this morning, Fishers of Men, Where to Begin. It's going to be based on Matthew, the fourth chapter. We'll look at about verses 17 through 25. We'll go ahead and pull this introduction slide up there. In this particular section, as Jesus is talking about, he's talking about calling those disciples to become fishers of men. But whenever he said that, did they understand what he was actually talking about? Well, I don't think they did, and they had to come to understand that, and we need to come to understand that also. And so what did Jesus mean, and then where do we start? So three points we're going to give consideration to. Jesus is going to say, follow me, and then he wants to establish the right foundation to help them to get the right foundation, and then who we are. I want you to take a look at Matthew 4. I'm going to read verse 18 through 22. Matthew 4, beginning at verse 18. And Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed after him. Verse 19, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In essence, what we're going to give consideration to is Jesus is going to say, I'm going to show you what it takes to become fishers of men. Back up for one second to verse 17. He said, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want to give you Mark's account from Mark, the first chapter in about verse 15 where it says, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the good news. Matthew's account, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mark's account, he refers to it as the kingdom of God, and says repent and believe the kingdom, the good news. Good news about the kingdom. Now, I want you to think about that. Were they familiar with this concept of a kingdom? Or maybe we should just say men ruling over other men. Were they familiar with that kind of concept? Well, absolutely they were. Because as Jesus is calling these men, these men are, are of Jewish heritage. And in their ancestry, oh, they understood kingdoms. <laughs> And they understood men ruling over other men. Because way back in their ancestry, they knew that their forefathers had been in Egyptian bondage. Other men ruling over them. In closer history, they knew about the Babylonians. And when the Babylonians had come, and they had laid siege to the capital city of Jerusalem. And how horrendous that was. Oh, they knew about men ruling over other men. They knew that their nation had been a political football. That from the Babylonians came the Medes and the Persians. The Medes and the Persians came the Greeks. And the Greeks came the Romans. 
And the Romans are now ruling over them. And oh, they'd like to get rid of the Romans and not have them ruling over them. So they knew about kingdoms and how kingdoms came and how they would take control, how they would take authority. They knew in times past from their ancestry, how did we end up in that kingdom? (laughs) Well, when that kingdom came, it came with force. It came with brutality. And they imposed their rule on us. That's how those kingdoms came. And now Jesus comes and He says, repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you think maybe that sounded just a little odd to them? If I'm going to get into the kingdom, I've got to repent. See, the way it's always come before, they just came and they imposed. And now you're saying, if I want to be a part, I have to repent. That seems kind of upside down, doesn't it? So Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Because the kingdom is at hand. I'll teach you how to get into the kingdom. And I'll teach you so that you can teach others how to get into the kingdom. And this is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of heaven. Let me fast forward for just a moment. As Jesus teaches about this kingdom, he's going to teach that in God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, there's justice and there's compassion. It's not like other kingdoms. In this kingdom, people will be treated fairly. They will be treated equitably. They will be treated with compassion. There will be justice for all. The rich, the poor. The strong, the weak. The male, the female. No matter what race, ethnicity. Treated equally. Compassion for all. Let me teach you about this kingdom. Let me teach you how to get into it. Let me teach you how to call others to be a part of this kingdom. Because that's the kingdom that's coming. Does that sound like a good kingdom? So let me ask you this before we go any further. Treating everyone with justice. Treating everyone with compassion. Let me just ask you this question. Is that the way you've been living? So take in this day and time. 
Do you think that's the way all these people were living? And yet Jesus is going to teach them about this kind of kingdom. And to get into this kingdom, you've got to repent. And then I'll teach you how to get in. And I'll teach you to teach others how to get in. So in verse 19, Jesus says, follow me and I will teach you to become fishers of men. So where does Jesus begin? Jesus begins with you. These men that he's calling. I'm going to teach you how to become fishers. So that you can bring other people into this kingdom. But first of all, you've got to understand this kingdom. Where God rules. Heaven rules. And there's justice. And there's compassion. Follow me. I'll teach you how to become fishers of men. Let me ask you another question and then I want to give you an illustration. So, do you ever think that there needs to be justice and compassion in society? You ever think that? You ever look around today and think, boy, we could use a little justice and we could use a little compassion. Something's not right and it needs to be made right. That's justice. That's just a hint of justice. I'm going to tell you this morning what the Bible says about justice. See, because oftentimes whenever we think about justice, we immediately think of it in legal terms. That's only part of it. So sometimes we see things that don't seem right and we think they ought to be made right. And in our minds, that's justice. So someone is not being treated right. And you feel for them. That's compassion. You want to help them out. So let me give you this illustration. There was a young man that had just graduated from college, got his first job living in a large city, working in some high-rise building, not making a whole lot of money. So he rents an apartment just down the street, not too far from there, where he can walk to work every day. One morning as he's walking to work and he would pass along these buildings and there would be rows, kind of like alleys in between them. And as he's strolling along, he hears this ruckus back in this alley. And it sounds kind of like somebody shouting and then it sounds kind of like some moaning and groaning and he's thinking, what is going on? <laughs> so he decides that he's going to investigate. He walks down this alley and there's this bigger guy that's got a hold of this littler guy and he's really giving it to him and telling him, give him his money. <laughs> and so he decides, well, if I just kind of walk up where this guy will see me, he'll probably quit. So he walks up far enough where this guy sees him, but he doesn't quit. And so he's standing there contemplating, what should I do now? <laughs> and he says, He's feeling for this little guy that's getting beat up. So finally he says, excuse me, I think you should stop that. 
And he said the guy with the anger issues came over to him, grabbed him by his shirt collar, and in no uncertain terms told him, this is none of your business, stay out of it. And then he said from his peripheral vision, he saw something flying towards his face. In the next instant, as he's lying on the ground, he realized that was that man's fist. (laughs) And as he looks up, the little guy is now running away. (laughs) And the big guy yells and then takes out after him. And he stumbles to his feet and he thinks, well, (laughs) that didn't go so well, did it? Something's not right here. It needs to be made right. A little justice. Somebody bigger is taking advantage of somebody smaller. And I feel for them. That's compassion. And so he intervenes. And momentarily, the little guy gets some relief. But the compassion that he has shown does not change the big guy at all. Because now he's chasing after the little guy again. Sometimes we kind of want to jump in and make things right. We want justice. And we want compassion. And so we look around in the world and we see hunger and we see poverty. We see people being mistreated. We hear a lot these days about human trafficking. That is terrible. We hear about sexual exploitation. We hear about abortion. Homelessness. Drugs, alcohol, loneliness. It's the human condition. Raw human need. And sometimes we want to jump in. And sometimes we do. You know what we do? We hear about some charity and so we give some money to it. Or maybe there's injustice. And so we decide for a day or two, we're going to go carry a sign about this injustice. Or maybe we post a comment online to let everybody know that we don't like what's going on. And we think we're doing good stuff. Now let me say this. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But that's kind of Momentary, isn't it? It's kind of like a band-aid on an alley fight, isn't it? It might help something for a minute. But then right after that, things are just like they always were. It didn't fix it. It just puts a band-aid on it. So in Matthew 4 and verse 17, Jesus announces that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Where God rules over men. 
where the creator of this world sees how broken and how out of whack it is. And he sends his son to establish his kingdom to reign over this world and over men's lives. And he's calling disciples to make them fishers of men. Do you think that they first need to understand the kingdom that he's establishing and how they can fit in so that they can teach others where they fit in and how to get into this kingdom? And now do you think as he teaches them these kind of things that maybe they would come to kind of understand, oh, I get the part about I'm going to have to repent if I'm going to get into that kind of kingdom. Because I haven't always shown justice. I haven't always shown compassion. And in times past, Israel has certainly not been shown justice by these other kingdoms. <laughs> and most certainly they haven't been shown compassion. That was the first point. <laughs> Second point is then, you've got to have the right foundation to build on. So in verses 18 through 22... Matthew records that Jesus calls these two sets of brothers, Peter and Andrew and James and John. And so in verse 23, and Jesus went about and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. You know what Mark says? The good news. This kingdom of heaven is coming here. That's good news. And healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem, Judea and beyond the Jordan. You know what Matthew's doing? You kind of have to understand the way Matthew writes. And so he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he calls disciples... It says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And then the very next thing you do, you see the king showing compassion. Can you see that? Let me show you what I'm calling you to. That's what he's doing. So Jesus is teaching and he's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And then the very next thing he does is he's healing. You know what that is? I'll explain this as we go along. That's justice. 
And that's compassion. He healed people. The sick, afflicted, demon-possessed. I want you to think about an ER room for a moment. All these sick people. Jesus, the great physician, walks in. And he's going to heal them all. Probably about 10 years ago, I'd say now, I was back in California. Had an older brother that was going to have an operation, and so I'd gone out there. He didn't live too far from Long Beach, and that was where the hospital was located, that he was going to have his operation. That morning, as we got there early and was going to check in and stuff, we had to go through the ER. Biggest ER room I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I'm sure there's bigger ones. (laughs) Biggest one I'd ever seen. And that ER room was packed. (laughs) This is California. There is every color of people. There is every race of people. There is all kinds of illness and sickness and disease and injuries. And this ER is packed. And they're all waiting. To get help. Jesus. Sees all of these people. And it says he's healing them. And he's showing compassion. He's meeting their needs. I want you to think about that for just a moment. That has social. And that has economic. Implications. See, in that day, they didn't have social programs like we have today. So if you were sick, you were crippled in some fashion, some way, all you had to do was maybe you could beg. They didn't have social programs. And so by healing, Jesus is showing compassion. He's also showing justice. I'll add this. Justice in Scripture is more than legal, as I suggested earlier. You know what justice is in Scripture? It's seeking equality. It's restoring dignity. That's justice. In the scriptures. In the kingdom, what Jesus is saying and what Matthew is showing is this is the way people are to be treated. So follow me again through Matthew's gospel. Matthew writes to the Jews. It is with a Jewish flavor that he writes to these people. Matthew's chapter 1 through 4 The king is here. Here is your king. He is of the right bloodline. He is of the right lineage. This Jesus is the son of Abraham. He's the son of David. Here is your king. One through four. Five through seven, the Sermon on the Mount. This is his ethic. This is what this king believes. 
And in this Sermon on the Mount, you don't want to know want to know what one of the key phrases is? It's the golden rule. It's Matthew 7 and verse 12. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Here's the king. This is his ethic. Matthews 8 and 9, oftentimes we refer to these as the miracle chapters. Here's your king. Here's your ethic. His ethic. And you know what he does? He practices what he preaches. He heals these people. He restores equality. He restores their dignity. That's justice. And that's compassion. So justice in God's word is way more than punitive. It's way more than restitution. In the scriptures, justice is actively seeking good for all, fair treatment for all, respect for all, recognizing that each and every one is created in the image of God. From the very beginning, a good God created a good world and planted good people in it. (laughs) And I want you to spread my goodness throughout the earth. But you know who it is that sets the standard for goodness? It's good God. That's who sets it. But you want to know what happened in Genesis 3? Satan come along and he said, have you been told of any tree you might not eat? And they said, yeah, there's one. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Cut to the chase. You know what that means? Will you determine good based upon what God has said? Or will you determine good on your own? That's the choice. And what Jesus is trying to restore is that you will know goodness based upon God's kingdom, heaven's kingdom, not on men's. This is the way people are supposed to be treated, not this way. And the reason why they're supposed to be treated this way is because they're created in God's image. Every one of them. That's justice. That's justice. If you're an animal, let's say a coyote, and you steal somebody else's food, it's okay. You're an animal. If you're a panda, And you have two babies, which pandas oftentimes do. But you know what else pandas oftentimes do? They desert one of those babies. If you're a panda, that's okay. You're a panda. If you're created in God's image, that's not okay. Justice requires all are equal. They are all to be treated equitably. And you are to seek justice. Compassion. Compassion means to empathize with someone who is suffering 
and feel compelled to reduce that suffering. Oftentimes in the Old Testament, through the prophets, God would tell them about how the poor and the weak were being mistreated. There was injustice. And that's why he was going to bring judgment against them. That's that legal part of it. Because you're not supporting justice. You're allowing injustice. And I will bring judgment against that. Through the prophet Micah, it's been shown you, old man, what is required. To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Compassion. The word actually means to suffer together. And it arises when you witness the suffering of someone else. In healthcare systems, and so I researched this a little bit, <laughs> and we have all these healthcare providers and organizations and so forth nowadays, and they have kind of core value statements. And I was reading some of those, and one of them stated it this way. It said, we care for our patients their families, and each other with compassion. Compassion comes from a Greek word. I won't pronounce it because it's about that long. <laughs> I have trouble with the little words, the long and big ones in Greek. But it's the same word that Jesus uses in the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke the 10th chapter. You remember that? There was a man that went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he was jumped, mugged, by thieves, robbers, and beat up and left there along the road. And coming down that way, there was a Levite that came down that way and saw that man, and he passed by on the other side. And then there was a priest that came down, and he saw this man, and he passed by on the other side. But then there was a Samaritan. And he came by and he saw this man and Jesus said, and he had compassion on him. Suffering with someone else. It's also the same word that Jesus uses in Luke the 15th chapter with the parable of the prodigal son. Remember him? Now, here's a young man that didn't give due regard to his father or to his family. It seems as though he's thinking about nobody except himself. And he asks for his inheritance. His father gives it to him. And he sets off for a far land where he goes and spends all that he has on, it says, riotous living. A one big party. Until he runs out of money. And then he finds himself destitute. And when he finally comes to his senses, he said, I will get up and I will go home and I will tell my father, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I want to be a servant in your house. And yet the father, when he saw him coming a long ways off, he had compassion 
even though the son had done that to himself, his father had compassion. You want to know what else the word compassion means? It means that you feel it. You feel it so strongly. You feel it in your gut. You ever seen somebody like that and you think, I just got to help. I just got to. That's compassion. In Proverbs 31, about verse 8 and 9, it says, Bring about just righteousness. Open your mouth for those who cannot speak for themselves. In Jeremiah, the 22nd chapter, about verse 3, it says, Thus says the Lord, Bring about justice and righteousness. Rescue the disadvantaged. Don't tolerate oppression or violence against the immigrant, the orphan, or the widow. You open your mouth for them. You see to their needs. You take care of them. You don't tolerate others taking advantage of them. And so Jesus calls Peter and Andrew, James and John to the kingdom. And I'll teach you about being fishers of men. So let me ask you this. Knowing what we know from the Gospels. Peter and Andrew, James and John, there's others, but you know they're here in Matthew 4. So that's our illustration, right? Why do you think he called them? Do you think he looked at them and he said, oh, these guys are full of justice and they're full of compassion. And so therefore, I will call these guys because they have this sort of spiritual resume and they would be good if I make them fishers of men. You think that's why he called them? That wasn't why he called them. These guys were slow learners. Oftentimes during Jesus' ministry with them and with others, he said things like, do you have ears to hear? It's like, can't you hear me? And sometimes he asked questions like, how long will I have to put up with this wicked generation? On the very night that he was betrayed after three-year ministry with these men, He said, do you ask me, show you the Father? (laughs) Have I been with you so long and you say, show us the Father? He who has seen me has seen the Father. (laughs) You think maybe they were slow learners? Justice? On that very same night, early. Justice. Justice is equality, right? Right? Everyone is treated equal. 
If you're going to be great in this kingdom, you have to be a servant. But on the very night in which he's going to be betrayed, what were they arguing about? Who's greatest in the kingdom? Compassion? James and John, two of these from Matthew 4, on one occasion Jesus is passing through Samaria. He's trying to find a place to stay. The Samaritans don't really want him. And you know what James and John says to him? Master? Teacher? Would you like for us to call down fire out of heaven and just destroy these people? Compassion? And Jesus said, you do not know what spirit you are of. The very same people Jesus is trying to save, they're just willing to torture them. But here's the point. They weren't called for their qualifications. Because they had to learn about this kingdom. Just like we all do. And they had to learn that they're not going to get into this kingdom on their merit. That's not why he called them. They had to come to learn the very same thing that the Apostle Paul would pen to the church at Ephesus some 30 years later. You have been saved by grace through faith. And that not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. You're going to have to be recreated. You're going to have to change your perspective about the world and about yourself and about this king and what he is offering. Because your resume, you're not the one with the spiritual resume. And what Jesus wanted them to see, he's the one that had the spiritual resume. He's the one that will give his life because it's perfect. It's going to be by his grace that they can repent and they can follow him and they can gain entrance into the kingdom and they can teach others about it. So Jesus doesn't call them or any of us because of our resume because of our job qualifications but as one writer put it one thing he does do he calls us to an amazing job description I'll make you fishers of men I'll make you people who can relate that everyone needs God's grace to get into the kingdom. I'll show you how to have influence, not by pointing to your resume, but by pointing to his resume. 
I'll show you how to lead by knowing what the kingdom is like. You have to repent to get into this kingdom where it's about justice and where it's about compassion. So who are we? I want to read verse 23 through 25 again. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Great multitudes followed. And when they call, or when Jesus called, they weren't qualified. But what Matthew records is that this was the beginning of a grace initiated group. And you're being invited in. And you'll get in if you accept God's grace by faith. If you accept what he says about how you gain entrance into this kingdom. And then you'll be able to teach others how you got in. And how they can get in. And what this kingdom is all about. That was a movement that started in the first century. And you know what that movement was called? It was called the church. And those local groups, they met weekly. First day of the week. And they celebrated Lord's Supper. And they remembered How the just gave himself for the unjust. And how he showed compassion for the crippled spiritually. For the weak spiritually. For the poor spiritually. For the blind spiritually. And Jesus took bread. And he took the cup and he said, this is my body and this is my blood. And He gave it so that we might receive His life. But there's more. He not only gave it that we might receive it, He gave it so that we might give. We would receive and then we would give. And so Jesus says, follow me. And I'll teach you how to be fishers of men. That's Matthew 4, 17 through 25. They had to learn about the kingdom. They had to learn how to get into the kingdom. They had to learn what that kingdom was all about. And how God wants to rule in this world over men's lives. Wasn't that what we were sometimes referred to as the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus invites us. If we can help you gain entrance to that kingdom today. Jesus himself said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. If you've never done that, we'd encourage you to do that even this very day. If your child of God not been living as you should, make your life right with him. Come back, confess your sins. And we'll pray with you and we'll pray for you. The invitation's yours while together we stand and while we sing.